Support for Talking Art on WVIK comes from the people at Quad City Bank and Trust, helping the local community with their banking and financial needs for more than 20 years. Information is at qcbt.com. Carolyn Martin, and I'm talking art today with Chris Rayburn, an artist and retired business person in our community, and with Tim Schiffer, the previous executive director of the Figgy Art Museum, about their show at the Quad City Arts Gallery in Rock Island, which opened on December 13th. Welcome, Chris and Tim. Thank you very much. Thanks, Carolyn. This exhibit consists of a series of large-scale photographs by Chris and watercolor still lifes by Tim, which work very well together. And Chris, let's start with you. The larger photographs are from your series entitled Transplanted, and the smaller works are from your collection Postcards from Parking Lots. Describe your work for us. Uh, the, the large works are um, uh, probably about six feet by four feet, and they're, they're all trees. They're all trees in parking lots in the built environment, but I'm concentrating on the trunks of the trees and where they meet the ground. Uh, instead of presenting a tree in a vertical format, all the pictures are horizontal, and I'm really concentrating on the formal elements around the trees and with the idea that uh, you can intently look uh, and get more of a greater experience by just uh, contemplating what's in front of you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what I like about these is, that, is it really presents a, a tree in a different light. We don't see the leafy canopy above. Mm-hmm. We see the trunk inserting into this urban world surrounded by concrete sometimes they're there sometimes the trunks are surrounded actually by by uh, by a, like a, a fence work or a, a protective guard sometimes they're breaking through concrete mm-hmm. and they do it, it forces you to look so carefully at what's in front of you and and these are scenes that we pass by every day usually without really glancing at yeah that's a very important part of what I'm trying to do which is capture the the kind of the things that you live with every day but you don't look at. And by presenting them in such a way that you have to look at them, it becomes almost a meditative experience for me. I mean, I I see things that I never would have seen before. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I, I never really realized how sick some of these trees were when you look at them and how crazy it is that we're taking this natural thing, putting it in our built environment for whatever reason, and then piling mulch around it, surrounding it with concrete and asphalt, piling rocks on its roots. I mean, none of those trees are going to make it. Mm-hmm. But I never really thought about it till I started to look hard at it and then try and capture it. Mm-hmm. And despite some of these really not being healthy because of how we plant them, they still remind me of the incredible resilience of nature, you know, despite the world that we've created uh, around them. Yeah, and they're, they're really very beautiful in their own way. Um, the bigger pieces are different than the smaller pieces. The par- postcards from parking lots are real, almost studies for the bigger pieces. They came off of my phone mostly over the last two or three years, whereas the larger pieces are assemblages, and each picture is comprised of anywhere between 20 and 50 pieces of an image all put together to make one image that's hopefully somewhat seamless and gives you the idea of having multiple viewpoints of of the of the tree in the parking lot and gives you a chance to sort of see things that maybe you didn't see before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's talk about a little bit more about that assem- assemblage uh, component to it because when I first saw your work, I mistook them as a, as a, as a single photograph. But instead what you've done is you've taken multiple photographs and you layer them together 
to create an image almost like you would a print. Yes, exactly. And I have a background in printmaking, and uh, I feel almost when I'm making these in the dark room, which is Photoshop, um, I feel much more like a printmaker than a photographer mm-hmm. because I'm layering uh, a lot of different pieces of one picture and then compressing it all into one, almost like I'm running a piece of uh, paper through the printing press multiple times on different plates. Mm-hmm. Well, and you are familiar with printmaking because, and people may not know this about you, they, they know you, of course, in the community as a, as a community leader. You were um, active in the business world for many years and through your nonprofit work as well. But your early career was in art. Uh, and in fact, you took master classes way back when at the University of Iowa with the acclaimed printmaker Mauricio Lisansky. Yeah, I did. I was in the printmaking workshop in the, in the early 80s for several years. And uh, it was a it was a wonderful time. I learned a lot. Mm-hmm. What did you learn specifically about printmaking? That that um, that kind of rolls over to photography. Well, one thing you learned, I felt like I learned, was the dedication to craft. I mean, you, there's really no shortcuts to hard work. You know, you just have to put in the time. And um, I think I also learned the importance of having an idea. It's not just about making a picture. Um, and if you have an idea, that idea can work itself into a series, and it gets really fun at that point. Mm-hmm. And then after you left the University of Iowa, um, you moved to New York City, and you had really a full artistic life there. And it started at the Brooklyn Museum, I believe. I did. I was a, a, an art handler at the Brooklyn Museum. That's where I met my wife. And uh, from there, I was uh, worked as a preparator in a a a couple of galleries in Soho, and then started my own business managing just the physical management of corporate art collections. Mm -hmm. So that must have been really fascinating. What does an art handler do? It's basically a carpenter with a necktie. (laughs) (laughs) But but you learn the crafts, really, of the trade and how to set up an exhibit then. Absolutely. You have to be very, you know, you have to be very careful and you have to be uh, very precise. Um, But... uh, and respectful of the work and respectful of the situation. So, I mean, in many cases, in almost every case, I was working with someone who had a vision for maybe what they wanted, and it was up to me and my crew to execute that. Mm -hmm. But we did a lot of work at the uh, Port Authority of New York, New Jersey, and a lot of work for General Electric and a lot of work for um, AT&T, and it was a fun time. And at the same time, I was able to do my own work and showed prints in uh, in the Lower East Side in the 80s, mm-hmm. late 80s. So, you know, your life story is interesting to me because it really exemplifies that you can have two parallel tracks mm-hmm. in a way. Um, and then in the 1990s, you moved back to the Quad Cities, really immersed yourself in the business world, and now at this stage are, are having the, time, uh, the chance, the opportunity to uh, practice your art again. What, what do you think creating art um, has done for you that working in the business world just didn't fill? Hmm. That's a good question. I think uh, it's a, you know, there are a lot of overlaps in in terms of you have to bring creative solutions to, to both business and making art. But when you make art, you're really just solving your own problems. You're not, somebody isn't knocking on your door and coming in and saying, here, help me with this. You know, you're creating your own problem and then you're solving it. And there's a lot of satisfaction mm-hmm. in that. Yeah. And this is not your first juried art show. I did see a show, a photography show of yours, I think it was several years ago, also at Quad City Arts, yes. entitled Neighbors. Yeah, I did. I did a series of uh, primarily pairs 
of images of houses as the as houses developed in Bettendorf and Bettendorf grew. They were mostly houses that were either immediately adjacent or near to each other, and um, they had similar construction, but over time, people had changed the outside of the house. And again, it was a very formal, kind of formalistic way of, you know, reducing uh, the image so that you would have like, almost like two houses side by side, and you could see how one person had changed it over time versus another one. And Bettendorf grew, has grown kind of like the like a tree, rings in a tree. So the further you go out from the river, you know, the newer the houses got. And it was kind of, again, a little intellectual problem for me that I created and mm -hmm. tried to solve. Right, and that, and that same process I'm seeing with your current exhibit, yeah, which I really love because um, it allows you to delve into it mm -hmm. so deeply. You're not just seeing one image. Mm -hmm. You're seeing, I think, five large-scale. Yeah, five large-scale at, at Quad City Arts, and then I think I'm going to have probably around um, – around 20, 20 to 30 uh, smaller pieces. Mm -hmm. Now, Tim Schiffer, we all know you as the recent executive director of the Figgy Art Museum, but I just learned several years ago that you yourself are also an artist. And so, like Chris, you're returning to something that you loved earlier on in your life and circling back to your training in painting. Right. And you were a painting major at Yale. I was, yep, yep. And then you lived in California for some time before moving to the Quad Cities. And you've said that one thing you loved about the Midwest when you came here was seeing the variety and abundance of leaves. Um, they feature very prominently in your paintings. What makes these so interesting for you to paint? They're beautiful shapes, and they, um, they're, they're great models because they sit still. And they don't change. They don't rot. They don't <laughs> squirm. <laughs> and I just, I'm just fascinated by them. So I started doing paintings of them. And for these paintings, then I, I also started um, juxtaposing them with postcards of artworks. And that kind of added in another element that I could play with in the paintings. Um, yeah, the still lifes are really beautiful, and there are multiple elements to them. Some of them have traditional pieces you'd expect in a still life, but yet others have these little pieces of these these cards that are that are protruding from underneath the layered leaves right. um, that are that give a nod to old master uh, painters. Right. I I started collecting postcards when I was a kid from museums, and. Um, they're, it's kind of like having a deck of cards that you can shuffle and pull something out. Mm -hmm. So um, I play around with the different images I have and decide what goes into a painting and how it's going to... It's kind of... It's, it's really constructing an abstract image, but I also like to make it as realistic as I can. So I, I like the juxtaposition of the two. Mm -hmm. The leaves look very realistic. A lot of them are, I think, oak leaves. I'm they sure are, there's yeah. a variety, yeah. but they're um, but they're kind of wrinkled. They're the tips are uplifted. They're layered just as if they fell um, from the trees. You've described them as quiet, uncomplaining subjects, which I really love that description. Um, and you'd said, too, there's a very specific process that you follow when you compose a still life before you begin painting. Des describe that process for us. Well, I, um, I have them on the tabletop, and I can tilt them up or down so that I can change the, the angle that you're looking at them from. 
And because a painting is, you know, it's a flat vertical surface, but it's also an illusion of space. So I like to play with the with the the kind of tension between those two things. And so when you're looking kind of down at an angle at something, it's partly flat and partly vertical. And so then I move the lights around and and I and I do a lot of drawings before I start painting so that I'm sure that what I'm doing is is going to keep me interested. Mm-hmm. But I really just follow my eye and what my eye likes. Um, I don't, there's not a conscious subject matter or a storyline to them. Mm-hmm. You said that it's a, a sequential process, that there are multiple layers of watercolor that you apply. Right, yeah, watercolor. I just love watercolor, even though it's kind of, it's not a very avant-garde medium. It's kind of like an old lady medium. But um, I just, I like the brushes. I like the water. The paper is really beautiful. You can pick it up and put it down. It's very, um, compared to what you do, Chris, it's like totally technologically basic. You know, it's water and pigment and a binder on paper, you know, and I like that. Mm-hmm. But I see the similarity to Chris's work, too, because, Chris, you layered your photographs together mm-hmm. to complete, to, to, to form this, this finalized piece. And, Tim, with your watercolors, you're layering right. um, paint over yeah. and over and over again to create the effect that you want. Right, yeah. yeah. So there was some definitely some similarities there. Mm-hmm. You know, Tim, I didn't think about this till we were talking about watercolor but you described this um this reverse painting almost that when you when you do a watercolor you're you're, you can't apply anything light you're just applying dark pigment right color yeah i i don't use white so all the the light in the painting has to come it's reflected from the white of the paper so when you start you have to decide how light the lightest part of the painting is going to be and you have to leave it and you can make other parts dark as dark as you want but you can't really go backwards and make something lighter I mean you can do it a little bit but if you want something white it's got to be white from the beginning Mm -hmm. so you have to think ahead yeah that was just a technical point that I hadn't considered before it's very different than oil painting where you can just put on light or white pigment right yeah, yeah, you can't like scrape everything off and start over <laughs> unless you get a new piece of paper. But I'm kind of, I never like to ruin a piece of watercolor <laughs> paper, you know, and so um, that's why I'm really careful before I start. Mm-hmm. How does it feel to have your first show in many years? Uh, it's a little scary, actually, to see them all, and um, but it's fun. And it, I mean, I really appreciate the, the fact that Quad City Arts is there, and, you know, I, I entered the juried... Um, selection process anonymously, um, although some of the jurors then figured out who I was, you know. But so um, I'm very honored to have the show, and especially to have the show with with Chris, because I know Chris from a long time. And, Likewise. Likewise, yeah. And, and and the work, the show's going up right now, and it's it people come see it. It's really interesting because the works really do kind of talk to each other. Yeah. There's some, you know, there's leaves in common. Um, there's a certain kind of similar thought process and it's not up on the wall but I'm really looking forward to seeing it on the wall just to mm-hmm. see what what you can 
what you're mm-hmm. going to learn that you didn't know until all those things got in a room together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think they're they're very abstract, both mm-hmm. your work and my work. They and are. At the same time that they're not, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. They're very lot. much about the subject, but they're also very abstract. Right. You can really conceptualize and go off on a tangent in, right. in, in, in both works. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's fun. Mm-hmm. I should mention, too, that there is a third artist whose works will be on display, a glass artist, John Miller from Champaign, uh, Illinois. And his works look stunning online, but I have not seen them in person yet. But I think right. the three-dimensional uh, work, adding that into your show was, was a great idea. Mm-hmm. It'll be nice. Mm-hmm. Tim, after, after you um, moved to Santa Barbara uh, with, and f- graduated from Yale with your painting degree, you, you obtained your Master's of Fine Arts at UC Santa Barbara, and then you stayed in that community for many um, decades, initially teaching at a school that was very rewarding for you. Mm-hmm. Um, so I didn't know that about you as well. That was, some, some, that was new to me. Yeah, I, I, I got lucky, and I... I taught, and then I started um, running an art gallery there at the college, and that's how I got into museum work. And then I became a curator, and then I became a museum director, and then I came to the Figgy. So, mm-hmm. um, but I found that to be very creative too, and um, it was wonderful to be able to work with art in that way, um, in the museum world. So it's very different doing your own work. It's like a it's a completely different um, approach to art, I guess you'd say. Mm-hmm. Well, there's it definitely makes you feel more vulnerable, I'm guessing, right? I mean, you're used to seeing someone else's work on the walls, mm-hmm. and now here you have to open yourself up. Right. 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 Once you, you know, put those package together and submit it, and then, and then it gets juried in somewhere then, you know, you are very open, mm-hmm. and, and you, it's it's a very different experience. Right, right. But it's fun, and it is scary. It is, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm sure it's daunting to have your work up, but there's there has to be joy in it, too, walking in and seeing these fine, finished pieces there. Oh, yeah, and, uh, you know, it it is wonderful, and there's also nothing better than an opening, it, having had an opportunity to have one. It's just like a party with your friends. It's mm-hmm. great. It's really nice. Well, Chris Rayburn and Tim Schiffer, congratulations on your new show, and it was great talking with both of you today. Thank you. It's been a real honor. Thanks, Carolyn. Stop in and see the current exhibit featuring photographs by Chris Rayburn, watercolors by Tim Schiffer, and glasswork by John Miller on show at the Quad City Arts Gallery in downtown Rock Island through January 24th. Quad City Arts is located at 1715 2nd Avenue in Rock Island, and they are open Monday through Friday from 10 to 5 and on Saturdays from 11 to 5. This has been Carolyn Martin, Talking Art in the Quad Cities for WVIK. Our theme music is provided by a Quad City legend, the late Ellis Cal. 